from R.D. Smothers Wealth Management, this is The Retirement. When you retire, if you want an exciting life, you need a boring investment strategy. Matters. Listen, I'm not telling you you've got to work with an independent financial advisor, but if you don't, you will pay for it. Podcast. Hey, this is your host, Dale Smothers, and you're listening to the Retirement Matters Podcast. My hope is that you will find the information you need in every single show on how to do one of the three things, either saving more money more efficiently, planning better for your future where you can live in retirement worry-free, or my favorite, how you can live a happy and fulfilled life in this life you have been given. We know that your time is valuable and we appreciate you spending it listening to this episode of the Retirement Matters Podcast. On this week's episode of the Retirement Matters Show, we bring to you comments and questions from the listeners of the Retirement Matters radio show. This was a radio show we did a few weeks back where we actually answer questions on air that are posed to us about clients' retirements and things that they have concern about. Uh, There was one that was very specific to the time that we live in today concerning the debt ceiling and what kind of impact that will have on a retirement plan. I think you'll like that answer that we give. Another thing that we discuss is this idea that there are two sides to every story and not having enough information will oftentimes lead to a answer that may not be right for some. So as we go through these questions, we urge the listener to call us at 270-600-PLAN to discuss ideas pertaining to their specific plan rather than generalized questions and answers. It is very good for a listener to hear a question and answer because oftentimes the same question they have can be asked. But in these episodes, we get a lot of feedback Uh, from people just like you who are perhaps going through very similar situations to the ones we bring up in this episode. So if you are interested in talking to me or a member of the team about any questions that you have, give us a call at 270-600-PLAN. Allow us to answer your questions directly and more specifically to your situation. If you just tune in to listen, we're glad you're here and we hope you enjoy this episode of the Retirement Matters podcast. Good morning to you. I hope you're doing well and you're ready to start discussing all things retirement matters. Got a very special show in store for us this morning. I have in studio a team member on R.D. Smothers Wealth Management, Miss Whitney Eubank. How are you, Whitney? Hey, Dale. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Very well. This morning, we are going to go into our Q&A session where the listeners ask questions and we bring answers. You have questions, we have answers. That's our goal. And in the vein of that, my pause for positivity today is going to be a story that is titled, Two Sides to Every Story. This is a cute little story with a very positive meaning. And from there, we'll jump straight into our questions and answers. Each and every one of these questions are going to be met with an answer. And uh, how many do we have there, Miss Whitney? We have, it looks like about six or seven. Six or seven. We might only be able to get through a few of those this morning. All right, let's see what we can get through. So I'll jump straight to the Q&A session. Uh, As soon as we get done with this story, let's go straight to that. Again, the pause for positivity, two sides to every story. There was a teacher who was teaching a class full of six-year-olds teaching them math. Now you can imagine this. And this boy named Billy was sitting in class. The teacher decides to uh, pick Billy out for this question. Very simple math question. And she looks at the uh, young kid and says, Billy, 
if I have two oranges that I give to you, and then later I give you two more oranges, how many oranges do you have? And Billy says, five. Well, the teacher realizes that's not the right answer, so she asks again. She says, Billy, this time let's use our fingers, okay? She says, I give you two oranges, and then later I give you two more oranges. So how many now do you have? How many oranges do you have? He thinks for a minute, he looks at his fingers, and he says, five oranges. And she's a little bit upset, and she tries her best to hide her anger. She thinks, how can I make this better? How can I relate to him a little bit more? As all teachers do, trying to get her point across, she thinks about what he likes, and she realizes that his mom has told her, you know, Billy's not a big fan of oranges, but he really likes strawberries. So she goes through this exercise again, and she says, Billy, listen. Let's switch it up. Let's talk about strawberries. You can see his his face lights up. She says, if I have two strawberries that I give you, and then later in the day, I give you two more strawberries. How many strawberries do you have? He says, teacher, I have four strawberries. And she says, yes, that's exactly right. Thinking that she's got him back on track. She goes back to her original question and says, now, Billy, if I give you two oranges and later in the day, I give you two more oranges, how many oranges do you have? He pauses and says, five. (laughs) She is, at this point, very angry, and her anger explodes and says, Billy, why can you not understand that you have four oranges? I've given you four oranges. How in the world are you saying five? Silently, he unzips his book bag and says, well, I have one in my backpack. (laughs) (laughs) So, So now she immediately realizes she didn't have all the information. She didn't have all the information. He was trying to calculate based off of what he knew. The teacher's giving me four. Surprisingly, I brought one from home. Now I have five. He was giving her the accurate uh, answer, but it was the wrong bit of information. And the positive insight that I have from that cute little story is sometimes we don't understand what other people are actually going through. Of course. Sometimes we don't have the right or the liberty to judge them for their answers they give or the immediate response that they that they portray. In life, every single day, we are going to encounter people and we just do not realize what they have been going through mm-hmm. on a daily basis. That's so true, Dale. That's such a cute little story, but man, that's a big message in life yeah, that am, you can use. Absolutely. I think that if we are considering... What people go through sometimes, even though all of the stimuli are adding up to a a response that we would believe to be an accurate or an acceptable response, Mm -hmm. maybe they respond differently. They come out with an answer, just like in this case, Billy comes out with an answer of five when obviously everyone else in the room knew it's four. It's four. But he was going through something a little bit different. And so, again, because we're about to go through a Q&A session I'm going to tell you that the answers to these questions, and I have no idea exactly what they Mm -hmm. are, but as they're coming to us, I want you to realize that just because we're giving uh, an answer to the question in a certain situation, one little bit of information can change every bit of the answer. Most definitely. And so as we go into this, uh, there are two sides to every story. We're going to go straight into Q&A. We're going to have about five minutes here to answer before our first break, and we're going to do this all the way through. 
I hope you enjoy this show as much as we enjoy doing it. The questions that are asked here are by the listeners. And I'll tell you, if you have questions, we'd love to hear them. 270-600-PLAN. We can get you details. We would love to even sit down with you. A lot of people call in. They put these questions maybe on our Facebook. uh, But most of the people that call in are wanting to ask these questions in person. And we are taking them into an appointment with myself or a member of the team and giving a second set of eyes to their overall retirement plan. Let's jump into the first question, Miss Whitney, if you will. All right, Dale, I'm excited. So first we have Mike. He is 62 and from Gallatin, Tennessee. He says he hears us talk a lot about Roth IRAs and conversions, and his question is this. I'm curious if I should be doing a conversion now or wait until I retire. Okay, so he's 62, Mm -hmm. uh, considering conversions. First of all, I would tell you that a Roth conversion is not for everybody. Sometimes it makes a lot of sense. A Roth conversion is the idea of taking money that we are going to pay taxes on later, pay taxes on it now, allowing it to grow tax-free in a Roth IRA. The problem with this is that if we don't have enough information, just like Miss Miss Teacher here talking to Billy, if we don't have enough information, it's hard for us to give an accurate answer on that. So I'll answer it in this way. And you'll hear me say this quite a bit. We need to create this base plan of record, this base plan, this this plan of record that we put into motion where we're taking in all of the assets that Mike has, we're taking in all of the cash flow that Mike is bringing in, and then deciding, does it make sense from a tax perspective to do these Roth conversions now? Mm -hmm. Perhaps we should be waiting until he retires, or perhaps we don't have enough money in the account to even worry about it. Uh, You've got to think about this Roth conversion idea in, in terms of once we convert, we really can't touch that money for five years. You need to be very careful with that. We had, if you remember, we had a gentleman come in uh, probably six months ago that had done some Roth conversions and unfortunately over the last couple of years had been using that money immediately for income and there was a great deal of penalty that that gentleman had to pay. He was doing it without any help at all. So be That's careful. So sad too. Be careful. Yeah, you you can get in the wrong place. So, uh, Mike, you said Mike, right? Sixty two. Yep. Mike, sixty two. What I would strongly recommend is that you work with a fiduciary advisor who's going to put your information into a financial plan and not make decisions outside of that plan. The first thing in all cases is to plan well. If you will plan for income. And then build your investment strategies and your tax strategies around that desired income, you're going to come out a lot better in the future. By building a base plan of record, what you would want to do is to assume no Roth conversions. Now, when you're building that plan of record, you need to bake in some inflation. You need to understand what that's going to do to your purchasing power. You need to do that in in conjunction with the amount of return that you are going to be receiving in the stock market on an average basis, baking in as well some volatility into that. Now, a lot of times you can't do that by yourself. That's why it's important to work with an income advisor who is well-equipped with the software necessary to do all of these things talking about inflation, talking about the standard deviation of your returns, what kind of returns are you going to get? All of that needs to be baked into the plan. Once you know then how much income you need versus how much income it can generate, you can start to make real decisions on whether or not a Roth conversion is a wise decision. And that, again, is because of taxation. So this software that you're using needs to take an effect 
What if taxes go up? What if taxes stay the same? That will help you make a true decision, Mike, on whether or not you should be doing these Roth conversions now or waiting. I'll tell you a wide brush recommendation here. And again, this is not for everybody. Uh, You could be like Billy and have one of the oranges in your backpack. But the reality is you may be thinking about doing these conversions now at a time where your income is high while you're still working. Because if I heard you right, he's still working. Is that right? 62 years old. Still working. At that point in time, before you retire, your tax bracket could be so high that you are going into the next tax bracket. And where you want to do these Roth conversions is in that 22, 24, or less tax bracket. If you're in 22% tax bracket, you're in a sweet spot for conversions. If you're in a 24% tax bracket, based off of future income needs, you may still be better off doing a conversion. You get over that, and it almost becomes a gamble, if you want to think of it that way. Taxes have to raise quite a bit for you to have actually benefited from the Roth IRA. So that's a long way to say make the plan and then make decisions around that plan. So let me put this here. If you need help with that, Mike, give us a call, 270-600-PLAN. We'll be happy to sit down with you and review whether or not a Roth IRA makes sense for you now. Where's our next question at, Whit? Actually, you know what, Whitney? Let's take a quick break, if you don't yeah, mind. I'm yep. sorry. I was about good. to get you rolling there. Let's take a quick break. We're going to go straight to our first break. We'll come out of that break into the second question of our Q&A session. Don't go anywhere. You're going to enjoy this show. A lot of these questions could pertain to your situation. We'll be right back. Bacon, eggs, and toast. What could go better with those three things than a little talk about retirement? Hello, this is Dale Smothers, your host of the Retirement Matters Show, with a special invitation just for you. Saturday, June the 10th at 10 a.m., you're not going to want to miss B-E-T-R, Bacon, Eggs, Toast, and Retirement. Our morning will start with a delicious catered breakfast from Druthers, followed by a discussion on how you can move forward in these uncertain times we see in the market. If you are five years or fewer from retirement, or you've just come into some money and you're not sure what to do with it, you're not going to want to miss this better event. Bacon, eggs, toast, and retirement. 100% free, but our space is limited. RSVP by calling our office at 270-600-PLAN. 270-600-PLAN. B-E-T-R. Retire better. Saturday, June 10th, 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central, at R.D. Smothers Wealth Management, downtown Campbellsville. All right, welcome back to the Retirement Matters Show. If you're just tuning in, we are in our question and answer session. We're going to try to do one of these at least once a quarter where your questions are brought to the radio show and answered directly. I've got Miss Whitney Eubank in from our team, R.D. Smothers Wealth Management, where we specialize in helping retirees get as much of their freedom and joy out of retirement while eliminating as much worry as possible. That's our goal. With R.D. Smothers Wealth Management, we plan for a worry-free retirement that you can live and not worry about outliving your money. Let's get started with question number two. What is our next question, Miss Whitney? All right, Dale. We have Brian. He's 64 and from Glasgow, Kentucky. And this question kind of pertains to what's going on in the news right now. His question is, if the debt ceiling was ever not raised and the country defaulted on its debt, would that Mm. negatively impact the market or my retirement? What can I do to keep that from happening? Really good question. 
probably on a lot of people's yeah, minds right now, probably too. Probably pretty powerful right now. Uh, you know, depending on what station you're listening to and when you're hearing this, the debt ceiling crisis could have possibly been satisfied by now. Uh, so some of this will maybe be old news very quickly. But I expect the debt ceiling to be raised. You know, it is it is past spending that we have already promised. However, if the right people got into power, it could very easily be that the debt ceiling doesn't get raised or that the country defaults, quote unquote, defaults on a loan. Government shutdown. We've heard of all of these things recently, probably more than ever before. With the division of uh, what's going on in Congress, the, the bottom line is we are spending too much money as a country. And I understand the argument. But at the same time, this is money that we've already promised. Now, if that were to be the case, Social Security could quickly come under scrutiny into, in terms of how it gets paid and whether it gets paid. Government workers will most likely see a, uh, a reduction in their pay, if not a complete elimination of pay for a period of time. And most certainly, we would see the market react very unfavorably. As a matter of fact, if you look back at, I think it was uh, Thursday, no, Wednesday, the market jumped quite a bit just by uh, the president coming out and saying, we are going to get this done. Now, with that being said, you know, good news makes the market rise. Uh, no news oftentimes makes the market set still, and bad news makes the market go down. Mm-hmm. So if we're thinking about this debt ceiling crisis, and we will see this over and over and over until something changes, you will probably see a lot of volatility around the market. Of course, directly to your question, if something were to happen where the the country defaulted, immediately we would feel that in the market, uh, you know, and it might have actually have a little bit of an irrationality to that. Why a company is any less valuable is probably not a rational tie to the debt ceiling. However, what you will see is the bond market take a pretty nasty piece of volatility. It will take on this uh, probably an immediate dip, and then people may actually flood into it. So there's a lot of uncertainty around this prolonged, uh, what we would consider a deficit that is defaulted upon in the market. There's a lot of uncertainty because it's never happened before. The U.S. government, the full faith and credit of the government, is about as good as you can get. We can print money. However, because we are the world's currency, which is also up for a negotiation, uh, we do not feel a lot of that inflation. So that's a long way of saying, to answer your question, will it impact retirement? That is really up to you. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, the stock market probably should not be the only tool that you're using to build strong retirement Mm -hmm. income. Strong retirement income should be and can be uh, somewhat secured even in the event of a uh, prolonged downturn in the market. We can show you how to do that. 270-600-PLAN. So retirement perhaps may not have to be impacted. Will the market feel an impact? Yes. If you have a plan for long-term income, then you shouldn't have much of your long-term money impacted by uh, some sort of a a temporary default in the U.S. government. Now, if the government Mm -hmm. defaults and stays in the default status, uh, we could all be standing in the proverbial cheese line rather quickly. So that's a nasty place to put your money. And you've heard me say this, Whitney. If you think about this, if you're banking on the end of the world, uh, even if you're a winner, you're a loser. So we try not to do that. We plan for some sense of normalcy, some sense of the American way of life always being around. And if that's the case, we build our base plan on that. And uh, if if it ends up that we're all standing in a cheese line, we're going to wish we had bought a lot more 
uh, ammunition and cows. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, so that, that's not yet what we're talking about on the radio sh- uh, show at this point in time. What's the next okay, question? Good deal. Our next one is from Robin. She is from Hendersonville, Tennessee and 64 years old. And Dale, I think this is a really good question because you, you do talk about this a lot. She says... Dale, I hear you talk a lot about income advisors and growth advisors and the importance of having an income advisor when I retire. How do I know the difference of who I'm with currently? Mm, Really good question. It Uh, is. And I do talk about that. I think I even said it just a few minutes ago. An income advisor is going to be tailor making your plan around uh, the amount of income you need. And the quickest way to know if you're working with an advisor or a broker slash a growth advisor Mm -hmm. or a true retirement income advisor is whether or not they are setting you down and writing out your income for you to see. Knowing exactly when and where your income is going to come from. What about Social Security? One of the Mm -hmm. biggest pieces of income. We see a lot of people come in who have been working for years with a growth advisor. They've done very well in the stock market. And that's not a bad thing. No, no, not at all. You're exactly right. They've been working very good with a growth advisor, but the growth advisor has never actually talked to them about income. Uh, because they aren't equipped to use the tools necessary. Uh, Social Security is a big one. We are well-versed in Social Security because Mm -hmm. it's a big piece of the puzzle. We also know that your investments need to be positioned differently in income phase than in growth phase. How do you know? If I were a client and I'm coming up on Social Security and I ask my my advisor when when we should be taking Social Security as a husband and wife, now what I'm going to want to see them do is to pull out my income statement, my Social Security income statement. I'm going to want them to start to ask me questions around how much income do you need in retirement. I'm going to want them to put it in paper, writing in, in actually in front of me to mm-hmm. see where we're building what we call the base plan of record. Exactly how long will my money last? And if they're showing you a 6 or 7% rate of return, you probably need a second opinion. And, and honestly, too, Dale, they probably should be using more than one tool. More than one tool. You're exactly right. The stocks and bonds uh, is what got you here. It should mm-hmm. not be the only thing that gets you where you're trying to go. There are a lot of different tools. Wrapping some insurance around your principal at this point in time is a good idea. And if they're doing that with tools like variable annuities, I would definitely urge you to get a second opinion. If they're coming in and they're putting things in place like uh, you know a bond fund or they're, they're, they're coming to you with a municipal bond funds right now, I think that's a bad tool to be using, just to be real frank with you. It may make sense for your plan, Mm -hmm. but you've got to wonder why they're recommending these things. If they haven't started with a true plan, if your advisor in retirement has not put numbers in front of you of how much money you will be making versus how much money you need, and then how long that money will last with a true realistic rate of return, then you're probably working with a growth advisor. You know, if you think about this return on your investment at 6 or 7% rate of return, that's possible over multiple decades. It's very possible. But when you become a seller, now trying to target 7 or 8% rate of return in the market is going to lead to years like 2022. And I'm sure there are many listeners right now that had a bad year in 2022 because they were seeking 7 and 8% rates of return. Yeah. 7 and 8% rate of return on average means that you have some years that are positive 30 and some years that are negative 30. And when you turn into an income client, you cannot weather that storm. Climbing down Mount Everest, we've used this many times in this radio show. 
When you're climbing down Mount Everest, the proverbial Mount Everest is your retirement. When you're coming into income phase, one mistake is detrimental. It's hard for you to recover. So be careful. Income advisor should be banking everything they do around an income plan. That's great, Dale. All right. So our next question is from Cindy. She is from Glasgow, 61 and a widow. Her question is, I'm curious if I should be claiming my own Social Security or should I be claiming the spousal benefit in Social Security? Mm. And that's a really good question. <laughs> really good question. We get that quite a bit, actually. Um, we do. Help me again. Is it Cindy? Yes. Miss Cindy. Okay. Miss Cindy from Glasgow, 61, Cindy, and she is a widow. 61 widow. So the, the mm-hmm. good news is you do have the widow benefit as long as you have not been remarried from your deceased spouse. Uh, I'm going to introduce a concept here to you as a retiree who perhaps is not working now. So this is a big key. If you're not working now and you want to start to claim Social Security uh, based off of your plan, everything needs to be based off of your plan. What I would recommend, first step, build a retirement income plan. Build that with a retirement income specialist. Build that with someone who's working for you. From that plan, I want you to put into this uh, in, in a scenario that looks like this, think about claiming your survivor benefit now and deferring your own Social Security to the age of 70. By doing this, you can essentially lock in a much higher rate of return or a much higher income, if you will, in Social Security. Now, being able to do this restricted file is only allowed for a survivor now. It used to be that we could do this with multiple people. This isn't the case. Survivors still have the ability to claim at the age of 60. As early as the age of 60, you can claim on your spouse who is deceased and then later turn on your own income. There are a lot of variables that go into that. Just like at the beginning of our show, Whitney, where we were talking about Billy, uh, it depends on how many oranges you have in your backpack right now. But in reality, (laughs) what I want you to be thinking about is building first the plan and then looking at alternatives. Should you, and that's a very simple question if you work with the right advisor, 270-600-PLAN if you'd like to work with our team, build the plan and then introduce these alternatives such as claiming now with your spouse's benefit, claiming later with your own, or maybe it's claiming now on your own. Maybe it's waiting till full retirement age for your own. Now at 61, you would have to wait an additional year for your own, but there are benefits for you right now that are available and they could maximize the amount of return you get in your retirement income. So let's talk about that. 270-600-PLAN. Cindy, to end this, I just want to tell you that my heart goes out to you I know it's difficult now uh, not being with someone you love, but in terms of income, making sure that you are planning for your future in maximizing the amount of income you have is definitely a good thing Mm -hmm. for you. So uh, let's do this. We've got about two or three minutes until we get ready to close out the show. Uh, Let's go through another one, Whitney. Do you have another one in there? I believe we got time for one more. All right, let's do it. This question comes from Terry. He is from Bowling Green, Kentucky, and 63 years old. He asks, what are the pros and cons of starting Social Security withdrawals before full retirement age? Hmm. That's a really good question. Yeah, really good. So uh, as many of you know, at 62, you have the ability to take Social Security. However, it may not always be the best thing for you. 
There are a lot of people who say, I'm going to get it while the getting's good. We do a lot of this mm-hmm. in our social security seminars that we have uh, from time to time. We talk a lot about the, the pros and cons of whether or not that's the right decision for you. Now, let me say, I'm going to give you an overview of the pros and cons, and then I want to talk to you about planning for social security. And I need to do this in about two minutes, so bear with me. Here we go. So, the first thing that's right on the list for pros of taking money at 62, or let's say before full retirement age, is that you get more money in hand quickly. That money, however, is a much reduced amount of money, as much as 25% reduced from what you would be receiving had you have waited earlier. By deferring past Social Security, you get an 8% increase per year for a maximum increase of about 32% of your Social Security income. And what we do inside of these educational classes that we have is we will explain to you why it's better if you are working as as an individual who's not yet full retirement age to not take Social Security. I'm going to give you a wide brush approach here. If you are working and you are wanting to take Social Security before full retirement age and you're making anything over $21,000 a year, you need to be careful because if you make too much money in your job, taking it early means you're subject to something called an earnings test and you will be penalized for every $2 you earn over the limit, they're going to pull $1 back. You may already know this, But I'll tell you what, taking it early and not working may actually not be a terrible idea based off of, here we go again, the plan of record. You need a true base plan of record. This is the plan that you have mapped out saying, okay, I'm going to stop working at, let's say, 62. I'm going to start taking Social Security, and I'm going to then see how long my money lasts. Well, depending on what you're trying to accomplish, you need to put in a base plan of record first before deciding that. I would recommend that we put our base plan of record as you retiring at full retirement age, taking Social Security at full retirement age, and then seeing how long your money lasts. Making adjustments according to that, for instance, now retiring at 62 and taking Social Security at 62, or maybe we take Social Security at full retirement age, but we retire at 62. Let's assume that your full retirement age is 67. Okay, well, now we have five years of gap to make up in your assets. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to save as many assets and pass them on to your loved ones? Or are you trying to maximize your lifetime income? That's going to determine whether or not that was a good idea. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to say exactly uh, what this individual should be doing. Terry, it's hard without putting a plan together. But I'll tell you, the pro is you get more money early. The con is you're penalized if you make any extra money. And if you live too long, you've given yourself what we call a lifetime reduction of income. So that's our show. I want to thank you again for tuning in each and every weekend. Guys, this has been a really neat show. Uh, It's not always the case that we bring Q&A to you, but whenever we do, I think it's a very good, beneficial show for you. I hope that we've answered some questions that perhaps are yours. Uh, Maybe they are just questions that are close to your situation. And like I said at the beginning of the show, just because uh, we're handing you four oranges doesn't mean that four oranges is always the answer. So let's talk again at 270-600-PLAN about your specifics. We are going to help you build a plan that will eliminate the worry and the fear in your retirement future. Until we talk next week, always remember to save money, plan well, and live happy in retirement. God bless. 
Investment advisory services made available through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and Artie Smothers Wealth Management are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be considered as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. Artie Smothers Wealth Management is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained here and provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Artie Smothers Wealth Management.